The boys are in the starting stalls. Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Stand by for a start for Moody on the mic. Welcome back to another edition of Moody on the Mic. We're in our bunkers in Victoria, where three of us are. And uh, one man just up there sunning himself in uh, in beautiful, free Queensland. I'm Roger Aldridge, and joining me, as they always do, it's a big welcome to Peter Moody. And Bob was with us too for a moment there, but he's got rid of him. Afternoon, boys. You're looking well. Uh, good to catch up with you again. Beautiful sunny day in Melbourne today. Uh, everything's fine down here. Nothing's changed, I think. Well, it doesn't affect your social life in the slightest. We know that, Moods. Uh, Mytho, how are things down there at the farm? Yeah, well, thankfully, we're, um, we're out of the lockdown zone. So oh, Geelong, you are too. I forgot about that. Geelong and its districts are um, uh, uh, safe as houses. So um, no, no COVID cases, uh, to my knowledge, unless something's bobbed up in the last 24 hours down this way. So um, it's, it's pretty much business as usual. But um, anyway, you've got to be pretty cautious and I think it's a reminder to all to um, take it pretty steady and um, you know live the live the hermit life that Peter such enjoys well the one man who's about to be start living a hermit life and it's got nothing to do with the COVID-19 for the last time before he becomes a father it's a big welcome to the resident rain man Tom Hackett thank you thank you very much what about this they finally moved Richmond to Queensland and I can go see them play every every weekend, and now I'm having a baby. So timing doesn't always work out, but uh, still very excited for next week. Oh, geez, what about me, Ray? Man, I moved from Brisbane to Victoria for a job in football, and then they moved the football to Brisbane. Yeah. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> and at the start of COVID, we had we had quite a few journalists in uh, AFL journalists in uh, in Queensland. AFL got rid of theirs. News Corp's got rid of theirs. There's not many left in Fairfax. So we, uh, and now everyone's had to go into, uh, even the journos, some have got to go into uh, quarantine and stuff. So it's uh, crazy times in football, crazy times in Australia, really. Crazy but times. Impo- Sorry, go, Peter. I was going to say, more importantly, racing continues. We haven't, had a, we haven't hit a speed hump yet, and let's hope that's the way forward. Well, we might have hit a speed hump because obviously New South Wales is today banned Victorian horses from going up there to race, which that affects a few people who, of course, do send horses that way, but none more so than our own old mate, Mitch Beer, who's based in Albury. And as soon as he <laughs> sends a horse to Victoria, he can't get it back to Albury. And this beggars belief, really, and I think Racing Victoria have put out a statement along the lines because they've been, un- they've been taking strict quarantine biosecurity measures since this all started and have not had an issue. And I know we've had an outbreak in Victoria, but it does defy logic that for some reason now they're saying no. And Mitch is in the position now where he has staff that work on both sides of the border. And so there's certain staff that they've got to, they've got to make a move away from their home, away from their family to the right side of the border in order to keep working for them. So he's in a... Now, there's a lot of people in tough positions racing. Mitch is in one of the toughest. Well, and but I but I think it's um look, it might be a, a bit of um a bit of flexing of muscle and 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 a bit of grandstanding going on, but they want to be very careful in New South Wales that it doesn't start to affect carnivals going forward because it's all right now in the middle of winter to say, look, for the next six weeks, I think this is what we should do. But um, if we don't get on top of things in Victoria, suddenly we're well into spring carnival mode. I spoke to Peter Snowden today and he can't move his horses from his Melbourne stable to his Sydney stable. Whatever's now in Melbourne, as of this, I think it comes in tonight, 
uh, whatever's in Melbourne is in Melbourne and can only race in Melbourne. So there'd be none of this inter-switching of stables. It, it affects them as well. So those big stables with um, satellites in, in Melbourne or vice versa, um, there, there'll be no interchanging of horses. And, and uh, you know, it'll, it'll start to affect carnivals if we're not careful about it. And um, it's hard to go back. Once you press the button, it's hard to unpress that button and say, oh, actually, we probably can do that now because we want those good horses to be racing in the good races in Sydney or vice versa in Melbourne. Who it doesn't affect is the boutique stables like uh, Peter Moody, for instance, uh, who's only had, you know, half a dozen runners here and there and uh, they all run in the one state. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Before you say anything, Peter, I just, um, you've got to remember that he's been on an, a ruthless campaign to go and pinch other people's horses for a while now. We've broken the news this week that poor old Robbie Griffiths has lost his stable star, Glenn Fiddick. He's out. Straight to Peter Moody, and he'd be he'd be campaigning in Sydney, wouldn't he, Pete? He's sitting in the dark there. Are you in the dark on this one? Um, no, well, that was about ten weeks ago that happened, Mitho. So you, being the up-to-date journalist that you are, you've sort of got your finger right on the pulse there. Obviously, uh, no, I've, I haven't stolen horses off anyone. Uh, a few people oh, have chosen to oh. give me a few to try, and and what oh, stables oh. they've come from. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. I, the only horses I stole were my own back off the trainers that I've been paying for a lot of years. Uh, but, you, but you have got to see the news is breaking today, Moods. You've got a couple coming, coming over from Darren McAuliffe uh, for the spring. A couple of big names too. Group one winner, Gatting. And, uh, and I think group three winner, is it uh, the Velvet King heading to the Moody stable? Oh, well, Darren must have released that news out of Western Australia. That didn't come from my end. But, yeah, those uh, two horses, uh, they're on the way over and they'll join the stable. Oh, you're just pinching horses left, right and centre, Peter. This is outrageous. <laughs> if you well, can get the Velvet King to win one merge, you'll you'll go down and you'll be even more of a fall because he loves running second more than Tom Melbourne at the moment, the Velvet King. So you've got your work cut out there. And, uh, yeah. and hey, look, what, he's what, just what, dropped in. Oh, here we go. Look, just just coming in Hello, the Kia ora. What's happening? Look at that. Brendan, Brendan McCullough. McCullough. As, I, as I live and breathe. Um, <laughs> as McCullough just dropped in on Moody on the mic, had a bit of a yak to us about, uh, well, a bit of cricket, a bit of... What are you better drinking there, Baz? What do you got in the hand? Yeah, sorry. I just slid a little red wine in there. Apologies, uh, Mister. Nothing wrong with that, that Baz. What are you on there, Rog? I've got it, the uh, Stein and Wood limited release uh, barrel uh, porter. Absolutely outstanding. Oh, beautiful. It's a bit beautiful. of a flex there, Rog. The boots is just sucking the <laughs> What are you on, Moots? You're on the forex. I'm oh. on the Benson and Hedges, mate. Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> good As you do. Good to see you, Baz. You too, Moots. Uh, Baz, Baz, we're just discussing moods poaching horses from other stables, and he's just uh, got the Gatting, uh, got Gatting and the Velvet King to come over from Darren McAuliffe in Perth. Now, moods, I do want to ask: if one of these does win a Group One while they're with you in the spring, do they do they race under your name, or are they still Darren McAuliffe's? Uh, Darren McAuliffe's an owner here, but they do uh, race under my name. Um, so Darren contacted me and asked me uh, if I'd take care of both horses for the spring. He's obviously got a big team at home and uh, with a view to him taking them home for the Perth Summer Carnival post uh, their Melbourne spring. So uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity and grateful that he, seek, that he did seek me out to look after them for him. Oh, well, hopefully Gaddy can do what it did last spring and just jag one at 101 and hopefully you'll get the tip <laughs> for it. Uh, we might Any prize the winner. 
Exactly. We might just take a quick break here on Moody and the Mic because when we return, we're going in deep with Brendan McCullum. Introducing Switch from Ladbrokes. Switch gives you the power to pick your promotion, giving you more of what you want to bet on racing. Available on all racing codes. The power to switch things up is in your hands. Find it in your Ladbrokes locker today. Ladbrokes. Back yourself. T's and C's supply. See ladbrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, welcome back to Moody on the Mic. And as we mentioned before the break, we've got a special guest joining us all the way from across the Dutch in COVID-free New Zealand. And uh, yes, Baz, officially, welcome to the Moody on the Mic podcast. Thanks, lads. Good to be here, actually. Jeez, it's been a while since I caught up with you, lads. Hey, yeah, you've got... Um, well, you, you obviously speak to, to Mitho a bit because you two are uh, really teaming up in, uh, in buying some horses and you're sending <laughs> them the way of, uh, of moods as well. So it's a very incestuous little group we've got here. Yeah, well, Mood said to me he's only going to have 40 in work and there's no, no more than four owners at a time. I thought, geez, I've got to get, in, get involved on that. But I reckon he's got about 150 sitting ready to come in. And, and he's training for every syndicate in town too. It didn't take him long, Baz. But we have got we've we've got we've got the very well named Bim Bam Boom in with moods at the moment. That um, that Baz and myself and my brother-in-law race in the Rosemont Red Colours. Uh, well, she she hasn't raced yet. She's an unraced. I'm invincible three-year-old filly that we've asked Peter to to kindly get to group status for us. Uh, how are we going there, Pete? Bim Bam Boom. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the unraced part of that story, Anthony. Uh, so it's yet to be, be determined whether she will make a debut on the racetrack, but uh, no, she's going along okay, and uh, I'll let Rain Man and uh, Rog know when it's ready to go, and I'll try and fit in you and Baz if I get time. <laughs> so so you, haven't, you haven't broken it down yet then, Moots? Oh, that's a little bit harsh, Rog. Uh, <laughs> No, it hasn't gone fast enough to hurt itself just yet. But <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll have a bit of fun, and there's a there's a more than ready Baz that we uh, we bought at uh, Classic Sale with some um, headed Pete's way at some stage, I think. Because you know he's getting that to try. Should we tell him? Yeah, oh. remember he said remember he said it was out of that great sire, that great broodmare sire, Rawlsman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So and it's got a neck on it as long as an oar too, if I remember. <laughs> Now, Buzz, you uh, obviously you, you famously named your cricket bats after racehorses. Uh, some very successful cricket bats were also some very successful racehorses. Where did your love affair with racing? When did it start? Uh, was it just a matter of down the down the pub having a pump when you were young, or, or did you grow up in racing? Um, well, I, li- I lived on the back of uh, the harness racing track down at Dunedin, actually, at Forbury Park, and so that was my kind of first foray into racing and then um, I could never afford to actually invest in thoroughbred game and they managed to jag a couple of IPL contracts and got enough cash to be able to throw a bit of tin <laughs> in the game and and uh, had a little bit of early success and I've been a victim ever since and I've tried to get to the bottom of that IPL cash as quickly as possible but still managing to hold on to just enough to get by. So can we expect to see uh, if, if Moods happens to break down a couple of runners uh, and you don't get your return on the investment, will we see you make say, maybe a return of the big bash uh, just to pay for your horse habit? Uh, no, that won't be happening, Rog. No, I'm, I've, I've ventured into my next foray of, of coaching and uh, in the broadcasting world, you know, into commentary and, and pretty much 
I've got about four jobs at the moment, so I don't really need any more. Last thing I need to be doing is actually trying to play cricket. I'm even playing footy at the moment, by the way. Did you I saw that, that you had your schnoz broken on the weekend, didn't you? I saw your race. No, 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 no. No, that was, that was broken. No. Let, let me cut in there because uh, yeah. Baz isn't, Baz isn't going to actually be as um, as uh, he'll be quite modest about this, and he needs to he needs to pump the own tyres up here. He's uh, he's joined Moody on the mic after some serious grade surgery just yesterday <laughs> to clear the pipes. After let me just uh, see if I can get be the technical whiz here and see if I can share something with you. Hang on. Oh, only the host can share. That's disappointing. Uh, Hang on. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll just hold it up. I'll go the old-fashioned... Uh, this is, I'll tell you what, for, for people who are just listening to the podcast and not seeing the video clip of this, this is fantastic uh, nah, audio well, you're, you're, stuff. You're, you're going to have to put this up, uh, Rog. Well, put the whole video uh, up online. This, this, is, this is Brendan McCullum. This is, this is him. Have a look at this. Have a look at this, will you? Look at this. Wait, 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 wait. Through oh, the you've group. Got, you've got one from Brett, Brett Lee there. That's Brett Lee about eight, eight or nine years ago. Wait for the next shot. Wait for the next shot. Look at this. He's 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 bled for your Brisbane heat, Rog. Wait for this. Look at this. Rain oh, there's a fair bit of claret yes, going out of that. Old. Now, now, Baz, tell the story. You haven't been able to breathe properly since. No, that's right. I thought it was the bloody B&H that Moods was on. But no, I, um, <laughs> I got rid of those a couple of years ago as well. But no, I got filled in by Binger way back um, that first year. I haven't been able to breathe for about 10 years. So I finally got a re-plum. I didn't go for the Michael Jackson option. It was all internal, just a little <laughs> re-plumbing job. So hopefully I'll be able to breathe from now on with that. I'll be dangerous on two lungs. <laughs> I tell you what, it is one of the most painful things you can go through. And when they, uh, what about when they put all the cotton up your snores, Baz, and they pull it out after this, after a day or two and uh, clear it all out? No, they just knocked me out, Moods. They knocked me out. I woke oh. up and I was fishing around for a Shiraz. So oh, it's just like, just like a Saturday night into a Sunday morning. <laughs> nah. Well, I had my pipes bored out last year and it was the most excruciating thing I'd ever been through when they removed the, the plugs that they planted up my nose. It felt like they were halfway down the back of my throat when they were pulling the bastards out. <laughs> On that, when you talk about plugs, I, I had my first horse gelded in the paddock the other day, Moods. Jeez, that's quite, a, that's quite an intense little period for the horse and I was holding his front legs while he was getting this drill thing right around his testicles poor fella yeah it sort of makes you wince a little bit doesn't it when you're uh, standing there holding one and uh, holding the leg out of the way for the vet to get in and knock their balls out and you sort of <laughs> start to tighten up in the loins yourself a little bit don't you I think I prefer talking about the pipes and the nose <laughs> rather than the other pipes this is actually <laughs> Quite cringeworthy conversation. <laughs> and, and when you see your dog run off with a ball in its mouth, you think, I'm glad that's not mine. <laughs> so, so, Baz, um, you, you have had a bit of success on the racetrack. Uh, uh, tell us about your, your, your favourite horses that you've raced and um, what you've got looking, look, to look forward to. Uh, favourite horse I've had the opportunity to race with, that would be probably the best one would be Volks Lightning. So we bought a... Um, she was a ready-to-run purchase, Volksgrade mare, um, which we bought out of the New Zealand ready-to-run sale. Uh, we paid 80 grand for her, and she went on and won about 230 grand, and we sold her at the broodmare sale last year over in Aussie for about 280 grand, I think it was. So that was a nice little um, trick, and that was our... I sort of I ventured into um, syndicating for a little while, 
um, which I'll never do again in my life, but it was good for a while it lasted. <laughs> um, and that was the first horse which we syndicated, so we're a little bit lucky there. But I, I did buy one horse which ended up, um, I, I bought it for 57500 at the Ready to Run sale again in New Zealand. And it was by Echoes of Heaven. And um, I tried to syndicate and no one wanted anything to do with it. And anyway, so I had about 14 in work at the time. So I'm like, geez, what do you do? So I ended up selling. I said, just get rid of it. So I sold it for 50 grand, sold it to Singapore. And it went on. So you had, took, a, took, took a little loss, did you, on it? Little loss here. Yeah. had about four months training fees in there, there as well. So not Australian training fees, mind you, but training <laughs> fees nonetheless. But anyway. Not moving so, training fees. I digress. Um, won its first six on the rail in Singapore. Won the first two legs of the Triple Crown and was three-year-old champion of the year. Horse called Counter Monte Cristo. It's won about two point one in prize money since. Uh, it was uh, it was a nice touch. What was the horse <laughs> he had that ran third? Uh, it ran third in the Group One at New Zealand on New Year's Day about three, uh, four years ago. That's folks Yeah, That's ran third in the third in the railway. Yeah, she won a Group Three and ran uh, won a listed race Group Three and then ran third in a Group One. Yeah. Because a great story about that, it was, um, you know, it was New Year's Eve in Adelaide. I was doing the commentary on the Big Bash. Baz was captain of the... Did you used to laugh on the Big Bash, Raj? Amazingly, we've yeah, dropped it in there. <laughs> well, you know, you've got to, you just got to drop it in when the likes of McCullum come on here. But anyway, we were out in the centre wicket. Uh, I was out there with Dave Barham, the head of Channel 10 Sport. Big racing man, Dave. And Baz comes out about 15 minutes before the toss to do a pitch inspection and then saw me and, and Dave and started talking horse racing and told us about the one he had in the group one the next day, good each way chance. And sure enough, 50 to one goes around and, and runs third. But he spent so long talking to me and Dave about horse racing that then the referee goes, you right for the toss boys? And Dave had forgotten to, have the, uh, forgotten to have a pitch inspection and then thankfully lost the toss. Yeah, that's all too regular, unfortunately, Ron. <laughs> So, race, racing for you, Baz, is sort of, uh, I mean, it's hard given that your livelihood is cricket. Um, what, what's your number one passion? Do you, what, what do you, what, what do you, what do you go to bed, put the head on the pillow at night and, and, and think about cricket or racing? His wife. Well, I think for <laughs> Marge, naked Marge. <laughs> I think for a long time, um, it was always cricket, you know, I wanted to prove myself in, in that game and I grew up wanting to be a cricketer and, and also wanting to be an All Black. I think every Kiwi, um, you know, when they're born, they, they want to become an All Black. So they were my first two passions. And then the racing sort of developed over time, Mitho. And, and I'd say the last decade, I've, I've just got a, a more a more of a love affair for the game um, than what I did previously. And and I guess as well, the cricket side, I still love it, but it's become more of a job, obviously, versus the racing side is still um, very much fun and you're trying to, trying to chase the dream a little bit. So I'd say... I go to bed at night time, probably more thinking about winning group races and celebrating than I probably do thinking about cricket, which is probably not an ideal situation. Rog mentioned before, Baz, that you did used to name your bats after our famous racehorse. I remember Black Caviar got a run. I remember the United States getting a run when it was in good form. But I'd like to know, what was the first horse that you named a bat after? What got you into that uh, practice? Ah, geez, that's a good question, actually. I do remember naming my first bat, though. It was Conduit horse which ran up in, in the UK. She died only about maybe two months ago or less than two months ago. Um, we were playing up there against England at the time and um, Michael Holding, he big racing man as well. And they, they, they had betting shops on the uh, on the uh, cricket cricket fields at the time. And I remember I sent 
sent our uh, media liaison man round the round to the betting shop to put fifty quid on um, on conduit to win that day because Michael Holden had told me out in the warm ups that there was a good chance that oil had come from Sir Michael Stout, so I was all in. <laughs> but that would be probably the first horse that I named after uh, first bat that I named after horses, and then. It sort of spiralled from there, um, Black Caviar. Winks, funnily enough, was the best bat that I ever had. Um, and I ended up sending that to um, uh, to Hugh Bowman once um, once I had finished with that bat as well, which was pretty cool. Um, sent Black Caviar to um, Gerard Waitley, because um, he obviously wrote the book, the, uh, the Black Caviar book as well. Um, so really cool stories. I sent uh, United States bat to Nick Williams too. So... Sort of, it was really, it became quite a cool story um, when you finished with a bat. You then send it on to someone who had something to do with it, who also enjoyed um, cricket, obviously. You didn't send Black Caviar on to Peter Moody. I mean, he's well-renowned as a wicketkeeper batsman for Belgrave South. Uh, maybe just send him on some wicketkeeping tips. That would have been handy. I reckon he's not that fussed on sort of, uh, what's, the, what's the term that I'm after? Memorabilia? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Moods, what do you reckon? Well, it's, uh, I've got feelings, Baz, and uh, you know, being, being one of the great over-40 veterans cricketers at South Belgrave, I could have stepped out with a black caviar bat. It might have came in handy uh, every now and again. I was, we actually played in the grand final there a couple of years ago, and a good batsman from Knox, uh, he thought it was quite humorous. Uh, and he tells the story that uh, I was wicket-keeping, and uh, he hit our opening bowler for three sixes in a row. And... Uh, I went, oh, fuck, when he hit the third one. <laughs> and he said, yeah, it wasn't a bad shot, Moods, was it? I said, no, nah, I've dropped my cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to edge it through to me and my bunger fell out of my mouth <laughs> as it sailed over the fence. He, he thought I was, uh, you know, very taken with his batting. But, uh, no, I would have enjoyed the bat, Baz. Uh, that would have been nice, but thanks for not thinking of me. That's all. You'll be able I'll to name your instead. <laughs> You, you'll be able to name get a get one of your backyard bats to to name it after um Bob. What was it? Bob Bob. What's your one? Bim bam boom. Bim bam boom. boom. <laughs> when you when you said before, Baz, that to you uh you you sent the team media manager around our fifty quid on um on uh, Con, Concord or what it was. Conduit. 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 That, yeah. that wouldn't have been an each way bet, would it? Because um I was chatting to our our good mate Chris Lynn and he said just bring up the fact that Baz has never had an each way bet in his life. No, nah, I'm not an each way punter. It's good enough to place, good enough to win. So, and, and then, and normally 20, 20 to one or better, aren't they, Baz? Yeah, I don't mind an odds as well. That's right, Mitho. Geez, all my secrets are coming out. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I prefer. Oh, to, well, my theory is the horse doesn't know what it's paying. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we, we we had a we had an afternoon on the punt there in the Sydney sales, and uh, I couldn't believe his punting uh, philosophies. To be perfectly honest, Rog, it was it was quite frightening. Like it was. <laughs> There, there was just no rhyme or reason to it. It was, it was basically odds based. It was mud punting at its very best, to be perfectly honest. But um, we all do it, and we're all victims, and we all love it. And um, Brendan, how many? Oh, did you say mud punting? Is that what you said, mug? Well, well, come on, come on, mud punting. Have you made a living off the punt? I've been shut down once. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no more bets. No more bets. <laughs> and Baz. You've, your passion in racing is taking you far and wide, but it, it dragged you out of your home sort of area in New Zealand and planted you in the middle of the Waikato these days. 
Yeah, that's right, Moods. I moved from Dunedin to Christchurch when I met my missus, who's Australian. Um, she decided she didn't like the fact that I walked down the street and run into all my ex-girlfriends in Dunedin. So we moved out of there, moved, <laughs> moved to Christchurch, and then uh, we spent about 15 years there, um, raised our family, and then the earthquakes uh, hit. So we decided we were going to move out of there. And, and I thought, well, I don't like Aucklanders. So there's no chance we're going to head to Auckland. Uh, Wellington is sort of out of the out of the uh, frying pan into the fire from earthquake point of view. Um, so we'll go country, and, and that's why we've ended up in Matamata, which is, as we all know, as horse people, uh, Matamata, Cambridge is is the equine capital of New Zealand. So it's great to be surrounded by the game, and we've just got a little ten acre block here, which we have our mares and, and our foals and that on, and and just sort of potter around. So it's bloody good, mate. Now, we've got the Zoom call going at the moment, obviously, Baz. Now, you and Moods, I think, have only got the camera selected to see each other. I've got a five-person on, and Rayman is just chatting away on his mobile phone. He's on mute. For those watching, you're answering, and he's actually doing a radio cross uh, <laughs> as we record the podcast. Well, here he comes. Uh, he's back. He's, he's back on. He's just been doing SEN, an SEN cross, an odds update, and it's just looked like you've been talking, and he's, uh, he's mouthing going uh, at about eight thousand miles a minute. Uh, how'd you go on the cross, Rayman? Yeah, the man in demand. He's not listening to us now. No, he's cast. How Very was good. your cross, mate? How was your cross? Uh, was it good? I was good, yep. Yeah. Um, just had to cross into SEN for a, a, a chat with our old mate Sammy and uh, Jared Healy. There's everything that they need to know about the AFL season. They come to uh, the home of the AFL here, Brisbane. Well, that's actually, <laughs> that's actually 3AW, not SEN, but um, that's good to know, know who you're talking to. Uh, so, uh, there's one more, one more thing uh, I want to know. Now, we, we often will get jockeys and trainers on here and they give us our best bet for the weekend. We'll get to our best bets after we let you go and, and go to another break. We'll come back with those. But have you got any runners going around this weekend or have you just been studying the form that you want to let the punters in now? We don't mind if it's, it's over in New Zealand. Uh, well, actually not this weekend. I've got three runners next weekend, which um, will all be pretty good chances, I think. Um, well, put it this way. They'll be well, sent, they'll be give him a name. Right? Give him a name. Yeah, I'm getting there. I was just working into it. You know? Oh, I thought you I thought you had to leave us out. <laughs> Moods has just ripped out a Darwin stubby. And, uh... <laughs> no, I think I, I think my Sav Bill Philly Tabata, um, she won a nice troll the other day. I think she's going to be ready to rock and roll over 1,200, um, fresh up. So hopefully... Said the name she'll... very quickly there. It's Tabata, people. <laughs> so, Tabata. So, so just on you'll Tabata, you'll get no odds on that either. Does it only run 30 seconds, then go off for 10, then 30 on, then 10 off? That, well, funny you say Tabata... that. It's, well, Tabata was named because uh, the, the mayor is... Um, uh, stakes, stakes place um, pins mayor called Split Second. So hence why we named her Tabata. So, yeah, I think she'll go okay. Um, and I've also got a two-year-old pins filly or rising, rising three-year-old. Um, main ad, I think she'll go right too. So there's two of the three, and then we've got a, a little sort of smoky stayer who might be making his debut that day too. Uh, he's at about nine trials, so he should be ready to rock and roll at some stage. Well, and, and, and what's his name? We like Alamo. We like the smokies. Alamo. Uh, Alamo, uh, Alamo. Uh, Baz, do you, do you mind telling the story about, about that horse? Because I think, you know, we're, we're a podcast to the people. We're not, we're, we're, we're not the high and mighty. We're not trying to be anything that, that you know, that we're not. Um, we're pretty down and dirty on this on this podcast. And people will be thinking, you know, oh, listen to, listen to buddy 
Brendan McCullum, the New Zealand captain and superstar, one of the buddy Bash brothers, you know, Brisbane Bash brothers, you know, spending all these dollars, shelling it out like it's buddy going out of fashion. Uh, tell the story <laughs> about the smoking stayer. Before you do though, Baz, can we get Moods to move his pack of twisties away from his microphone? So I'll just interrupt the chat. Thanks, mate. Uh, now, fire away. Oh well, it's sort of it's not a it's not an elaborate story, but it's certainly a, a bit of a smoky. We paid five and a half grand for it, but surprise, and we paid it off. Uh, we yeah. bought it off Gavel House. Yeah, um, like about six weeks ago. About six weeks ago, we paid five and a half grand for it. So it's a rising, uh, rising five year old, I think. Um, and yeah, it's had, as I say, about nine trials. But he he ran. He actually ran into Barter's trial the other day, um, over a thousand meters. Got snagged back. And um, and then sort of boom time for third, which kind of suggested to us that he might be right over fourteen hundred fresh up. So we'll uh, we'll see how he goes. But we pay five and a half grand off an online platform over here, Gavel House, which is funnily enough the same uh, figure which was paid for Surprise Baby, who obviously ran um, that excellent race in oh. last year's Melbourne Cup <laughs> off the same off the same site. Probably so, the current favourite for the uh, Melbourne, this year's Melbourne Cup because it might not have any competition from overseas. So. Yeah, well, if it's as tenth as good as that, we'll get our money back anyway. You can you can tell that he's a dreamer, isn't he? He's pulling it all together. <laughs> let's just let's just find a reason why this is the next surprise baby. But who knows, Baz? That's the dream that we all live. So uh, good luck. Well, there's that well, many experts well, out there. Jeez, huh? if, they all if they all buy slow horses. If you get one going good enough, Baz, I'll probably be able to find a spare box for you. I've only got 28 in work at the moment. I've only got one or two of us that own them, though, mate. Is that okay, or would you prefer big syndicates? No, no, that's all right, mate. As long as I only got to send one bill, that's the main thing. <laughs> but if you if you send it to him, just make sure you call him nice and early every morning. He loves to check in with his owners. He uh, <laughs> really really likes that communication with the owners. Moods does. Maybe if yeah. you if you get up about six a.m. Uh, you know New Zealand time, give him a ring then. Four a.m. <laughs> over here, perfect. Yeah. I always wonder that. Why why do you train your horses so early anyway? Um, don't know. Trainers like to complain. Don't know. Don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, I reckon it's the, one of the reasons racing has survived COVID because of our unusual hours and, and we're out of mainstream sort of the people population. You know, we, we're up in the dark, we go to bed in the dark, we sort of dodge the mainstream population. It's probably been a massive part on a serious note of why racing has survived. And the fact that they've kept dickheads like Mitha away from the racetrack, uh, <laughs> you know, the socialites of the community, uh, the beautiful people, <laughs> I haven't been able to get out and mix the, the Aspen skiing set and all those so-called geniuses. Uh, racing has survived. I don't ski, Peter. Well, oh, sorry. How did you lose your hair? I thought you went down on your head. <laughs> well, no, pots, there's no doubt. The anti-social anti -social, uh, personality has been a reason why he has survived COVID. I don't know what New Zealand's excuse is, but they've done a fantastic job too. You might not be able to send any good horses over here for quite a while, Baz. But we appreciate you jumping on the Zoom and chatting to the Moody on the Mic podcast. Uh, I don't think you can catch the COVID this way. Cheers, boys. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us, Baz. Thanks, Baz. Thank you, Baz. Good Thanks, you. Lads. Thanks for that. Get more from your Same Race Multi with Ladbrokes. For the first time, Ladbrokes Same Race Multi allows you to combine picks from the same thoroughbred, harness or greyhound race to get even greater odds.
same race multi allows you to choose the finishing positions of multiple runners to finish anywhere in the top four. Labrokes. Back yourself. T's and C's supply. See labrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Best bets time of Moody on the mic as Bob's given Moods the uh, cold shoulder yet again as we're just about to go on camera. Let's kick off the best bets with the resident rain man as we always do. Tommy, what do you got? I'm headed to Caulfield Rodge, the feature race of the day. The Sir John Monash Stakes. Vera Dean's in here. Not its best form. It's got a clear class edge over the rest of this field. Return to winning form in Sydney last start. And it's it's raced and won well at Caulfield in the in the past. So it brings anything like its best form. It'll be very, very tough to beat here. Pretty, it's around the $2.60 mark. I'll be locking that in now as soon as you listen to this punches. Also like one at odds in the winner's Rog, not yours. Uh, I'm keen on Takamoshi here. It's a style that we better have further, but it does run well first up. Should go to the front here. It'll give its rivals something to chase. Being about $26 at the moment. I think that's well and truly over the odds. Do you know, I looked at that field, obviously, because that's where my best bet is coming. And I thought it was Tamagotchi, as in like the little 90s toy that we, uh, well, I didn't know. I'm sure it's you only did. been around for three seasons, Rogues. Takamoshi won the Australia Day Cup, but, you know, good to see you keeping up to date. Oh, I'm also a bit dyslexic, so there's no no worries there. I'm going with one that's a little bit easier to read and a bit easier to pronounce. It is in that base. It's number seven, Dealmaker. Tough horse to catch, Dealmaker, but uh, it's been racing in good form of late. Ran third last start, uh, and it actually uh, gets a kilo off the favourite here, Trumbull, who who won. Uh, they both raced in the last race, so it gets a kilo back this time, and I think at around the $6 mark, this is Dealmaker's time of year. So uh, I think Dealmaker will get the job done in the Winter Stakes. Rose Hill Race 7, number 7, Anthony Mithin. No, everyone's going to be dead sick of me, but I'm going to tip Crone again. She's in the glass house. So we're getting each way odds again. So she's a bit, she's a bet to nothing because you, you, if, you, yeah. if you back her each way, you'll at least get your money. She won't she is the female Tom Melbourne. She won't finish out of the top, top three. Uh, what have we got her own, man? $6 to win, $2 to play. Socks are gone, the uh, short price favourite there for the Mark Curry stable. Yeah, and it's stepping up. I don't, I'm not, like, it's, it's, it's certainly got a good, um, good record and, and Mark Curry's done a good job with the, with the horse, but um, got to step up to stakes class. We know how hard that can be and um, my girl's been pretty good to us uh, this, this preparation and through her career, to be honest, at stakes level and group level. So I think uh, that class edge might see a good barrier. She's drawn two. Uh, she can win it, I reckon. Uh, the Glasshouse, Crone, number 11 in race number eight. Race number eight. All right, the boutique trainer himself, Peter Moody. What do you got this weekend, Moody? Well, I've got a big weekend coming up, Rog. I've actually got four acceptors at uh, Caulfield on Saturday. Petey! uh, Four! Two acceptors we'll have tomorrow for Mooney Mooney Valley meeting on Sunday. The Ballarat meeting's been moved to uh, Mooney Valley on Sunday. So, uh, why have they moved it? Why have they moved the race from a country region to a Melbourne hotspot suburb? It does. Well, it's a little bit strange. I, I was a little bit surprised. I thought they would go to the synthetic track at Ballarat because that's yeah. the reason they built it. So uh, it could have stayed there. And, and like you say, they've brought this race meeting from Ballarat, which is a, a cold region when it comes to COVID, right to the middle of the, the genuine hotspot of Melbourne at Mooney Valley. I know why, they've, they've, which is quite sensible. Most horses are, that are entered are trained within the lockdown area. So there's oh, talk they can't that leave. There's, well, they can, but there's talk that they don't really want en masse staff, strappers, trainers who are in lockdown areas going to country zones 
buying a party, buying a pie at the servo on the way home, you know, indulging in, in, in what those towns have got on offer, you know, as part of their work and, and the temptation would certainly be there. So they're, they're talking about moving some of the provincial meetings uh, in Victoria into the city, which um, I think is a good right. thing. Right. Use the I, tracks a bit more. I take it back. Good decision, Racing Victoria. Now, Boots, run us through well, I was a little surprised there, Anthony, just to sort of take the way. I would have thought without looking that most of the runners would have been from the Ballarat region. But I, I will take your uh, advice on board there and say, yeah. And, and the country people that uh, haven't got COVID, they can come to Mooney Valley and buy a pie at the servo and take it back to the country areas that haven't got it. Well, they, yeah, they probably shouldn't be doing that, Pete. But uh, if you if, if if they're pretty diligent about it, we'd be right. But um, when you take into account Cranbourne, Packenham, uh, what have we got? Mooney, um, Flemington, Caulfield, uh, what other major training centres? Like they're they're, they're going to account for a lot of. They're the all hotspot. on the hotspot. Yeah. 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 All right. Can't give us a. Caulfield on Saturday. I need the drying weather for all my runners, four runners. I've got uh, our Campania makes a debut for the stables in race two. Uh, Rain Man, you said she's about a $3.50 favourite, is that right? Yeah, that's right, mate. $3.50 favourite uh, in a pretty open betting race. Yeah, well, she's a mare that I would say uh, on a soft five, she could probably win any worse. I would have reservations on. We've got Kingsbrook runs in the open handicap, 1,400. Comes in well after the three kilo claim for Will Price. She's another one that needs it no worse than a five. Um, Paris is a horse that spikes my interest out to 1,400 for the first time. Drawn well in the three-year-old handicap. Uh, I thought she was well-placed. And we've got one of big odds, our crown jewels in the 2,000-metre three-year-old. So the pick of them, I would say, is probably Paris. But our Campania and Kingsbrook can run very well if they take their place uh, you know, probably just at each way odds. Beautiful stuff. Well, there you have it. You don't get a better run down than that. And telling you not to back a horse, potentially it is favourite when you might have loaded up. That's the sort of advice you aren't get from the master trainer himself, uh, Peter Moody. <laughs> Boutique trainer. Boutique trainer, of course. Uh, well, and as we mentioned last week, don't forget to download and subscribe to Moody on the Mic on your favourite podcast provider. And if you do want to send an email, and it might be a guest suggestion, like we said, me and Mitha have been working on a few. Baz was obviously one of them. Uh, but if you have got a suggestion of, from someone in the racing industry you'd like to hear from, just uh, email moodymailbag at gmail.com. But of course, more importantly, download, subscribe and review us on iTunes, Spotify or uh, any of the others. Um, other than that, uh, Rain Man, best of luck for, uh, for next Tuesday. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, have a little filly on the ground this time next week. Tom, let fast horses run fast. Happy days. Ladbrokes, back yourself.